and welcome back to Bourbon Barrel Talk. I'm your host, Scott Minton. While our conversations focus mostly on our favorite spirits, please remember that having a solid financial plan can help you avoid feeling as though the volatile stock and bond markets are driving you to drink. Yes, today's episode of Bourbon Barrel Talk is brought to you by Axiom Financial Strategies Group, which is a financial planning-based wealth management firm that serves to maintain our clients' paths to financial success, happiness, and overall well-being. Axiom's mission is to help individuals and families of all size grow and protect their wealth through an objective, thoughtful advice anchored in deep subject matter expertise. If you have a financial plan but are lacking confidence that you will achieve your goals or would like assistance in developing a financial plan, please reach out to the Axiom team at 812-913-7701 or email them at contactus at axiomfsg.com. Please remember to drink and invest responsibly. Axiom Financial Strategies Group, LLC, is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Axiom and its representatives are properly licensed and exempt from licensure. Boy, am I tired after reading that, man. I tell you what. So, uh, Festivus, episode number two. Here we go. Jared. Tell us what Festivus, we, we, we've already discovered what Festivus for the rest of us is meaning, but what's the symbol of Festivus? Instead of a tree or a menorah, an aluminum pole was the symbol of Festivus. They'd have a dinner of meatloaf at the main course, and afterward, they had feats of strength and airing of grievances traditions. Damn, I loved it when George had to wrestle his dad. That was the funniest shit ever. So, getting, <laughs> getting, getting beat up by an old cockstrong old man. Oh, wow. <laughs> Things I didn't think I was going to hear tonight. Cock strong. <laughs> Check. There's a bingo card hey, somewhere. Have you ever... So, you know, there gets a time in your life, right, when, you, when you're a teenage boy and you think you can whoop your dad's ass, right? Like, everybody goes through it. Like, yeah. everybody. Uh, yeah. I don't care who you are. Like, at some point in your life, you're like, I can beat up the old man, right? And feats of strength is exactly what that, that brings you back to that thought process of, like, old age and treachery wins a lot of shit and you don't realize it. It really does. Old age and treachery. Like, they just know shit. Like, and, and, and dads are, are mean. Like, they, they don't fight fair. I was like, going to say they're dirty fighters. That's exactly right. Like, um, there's no such thing as a clean fight. That's what my dad always taught me, you know. <laughs> a little wedgie here and a little... Or, or not everybody plays fair. <clears throat> exactly. For sure. 100%. So, anyway, we are we are back to episode two of the old uh, Festivus. And, uh, Nick, what, what are we talking about today? But you know what? You know what really grinds my gears? Demand drivers. You know, things that cause FOMO. Uh, is it the consumers, uh, you know, people associated with the consumers that are kind of like really propping up these different uh, allocated bottles or even, even special releases, mm, secondary uh, mm. marketers, or, you know, is it the actual distilleries, you know, who, who is dri- this demand driver that makes these bottles so in demand and then also driving that price up of that demand mm. marketing. Is it marketing? Is it the stores or is it the secondary market? And, 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 and did we cause this ourselves? Those, that's, those are all three valid questions. Yes. Yeah. For me, I'm, I'm, I'm very strong on this one. And, you know, I, I'm not going to fault the store owners. I'm going to fault us. It, it is our fault. And you all can take a different position on this. I'm kind of curious where everybody else stands on this. But in my humble opinion, it is, it is strictly us, us assholes. Like we, <laughs> we, we find an allocated bottle. We want, we, 
we we the the FOMO scenario, right? Like there's some cool stuff that comes out, and you're like, oh, I got to get it, and then you're like, oh, can I get two? And that way I can sell one, and then make back most of my money on the second one. And 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 I I'm guilty as shit of it. I'm completely guilty. I've bought bottles and I've I've sold bottles so that way I could have another one where it wasn't quite as much, or I bought stuff that was close to secondary, sold it, so that way I get you know a bottle of Weller Twelve for seventy five dollars or a hundred dollars instead of paying the full two fifty. So anyway. That's that's kind of my thought process behind that. I, I think that's where I land is the fact that it's our fault because the secondary market is so big and it's so valuable at this point that, I mean, literally when I first got into bourbon real heavy and the secondary market kind of really got ignited, I mean, Pappy 15 was like 400 bucks. <laughs> 400 bucks. Like that was the top end price for Pappy 15. Like that people, was a secondary? That was a secondary price was like 400 bucks. And I'm like, 400 bucks, man, that's so much money. So like literally, like anytime you bounce, anytime you find a bottle of Pappy 15, you'd buy it, right? And you'd be buying it at that time. It was like 70.99, 79.99, 89.99. Like that was the top end of that price range at that point. Um, and that was from a liquor store. And so you'd buy it and you'd buy two or three bottles and you would sell one for 400 and you'd have two for free, right? Like good deal, right? Great deal. So, so I think that we are the assholes that have caused this. I think we, we, we've done it to ourselves, unfortunately. The problem is is that we've invited too many people into the, into, into the problem, right? Like now there's dudes that just do flip bottles. Like that's, and I think that's the real problem, but that's just my humble opinion. Does anybody, does anybody stand different in that situation? I'm going to say that, that the, own, the store owners do play a small part because there are store owners that choose not to to increase that price. They will sell it at the MSRP that anybody could go and pick it up. But there are other store owners that are trying to capitalize on it, whether it be they not even release it to the public and they go straight to secondary and try to sell it as secondary. Is that their fault though? I mean like, so if you owned a business, not not saying a liquor store just in general, but let's just say you owned a a business that sold thingamajubs or thingamabobs, whatever it might be, right? And if you found out that thingamabobs that you sold were worth $75, but you were only selling them for $17, would you continue to sell them for $17 or would you sell them for $75? Me personally, I would probably mark it up just like a small bit, like say 20, 25. I wouldn't go that full 75 because I know that I could keep that demand going at that price and still make a profit margin. Because if you get up to that, that high number, yes, somebody may come along and pick one up, but it's not going to be flying off the shelves right. like like your your the other part is. Right. So I see where that can play that role. So you play you play in the the lower end of that range, but you definitely charge more. Just a little bit, but not not like you know like asking like two three times what the MSRP is. No. Right. Right. And by the way, dude, I'm smelling these early times, dude. These things are legit. Oh, they're, they're nice. They're dusty. like caramel bombs. So what what'd you bring over, Lee? Man, Lee, Lee, Lee brought us a treat, man. You got a 1990s early time with a little dust on the bottle. And then we a little a, dust? <laughs> and Damn. then we got a 1969 early times that uh, has not much label left. I was about to say the label's about killed over on this one. but <laughs> man, it's a got candy some, bomb. It is, dude, it is straight up. It was like where there's original. It's got some, like, all kinds of stuff going on. I got the, 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 uh, the what is it, the 90 early time? Yep. I'm getting like candied apple. I'm getting a little bit of apple on that nose. Oh yeah, I get that. Yeah, it just it's like it's like a caramel candy. Like a apple. caramel apple. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Yep. So so funny thing about early times, and most people don't know this, is King of Kentucky. I remember hearing about that. I refer to that. People love King of Kentucky. You love early times. 
And most people don't realize that. You need to look at the mash bills. That's all I'm going to tell you. Just look at the mash bills. If you think I'm a lie, think I'm a bullshitter. It's also, it's also age. You know, how long has it been yeah. sitting in that barrel? Now, that's one of the reasons why I'm super depressed, because I think King of Kentucky has to go away, because they sold early times. Brown Foreman no longer owns it. Barton. That is. Yeah. I loved early times. So, so what happens, what happens to the so cock? Good. Does it go away? <laughs> that's some FOMO shit right there if you ever just, had any it just, it just shrinks it just gets smaller shrivels that's what she said shrivels <laughs> oh god that was another great episode of Seinfeld I just got out of the pool it was cold <laughs> okay unpopular but I have not ever watched Seinfeld how is that possible how have you never watched Seinfeld alright you're gonna have to go home and watch some Netflix this is the second time this week actually this has been brought up so season so. one is a little slow you can probably just kind of watch it in fast forward mode I mean you really have to watch it <laughs> you won't get the jokes you know, like 1.2 if you could do like 1.2 it would be perfect because it would be just a little sped up and you go but Kramer dude like the, what I, the one thing is that I've learned is that George was a real turd I mean George was just a real <laughs> turd you didn't realize how bad he was of a turd until you got later on in the seasons like you always thought like he's a little jerky you know blah 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 but like one of the other episodes, I remember uh, he, just so he could have a handicap accessible bathroom to himself, he literally rode around like on an easy go scooter for like months. <laughs> and his employer thought that he was handicapped, so therefore made him his own handicap <laughs> bathroom. So he had his own bathroom. So I, d- just a real turd, but I, I, just I love Seinfeld. It's so funny. So, but Dusty Early Times. I either. I haven't seen either. I'm only 26 though, so you have to come oh a little God, bit. I'm of only 26. Fed, I mean, dude, it's <laughs> it's on Netflix. I know you Netflix and chill. I've heard all stories. I've oh, heard a lot of stories. Yeah, what stories are that? <laughs> about, how I, about how I pass out halfway through an uh, an episode. Episode of <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> all right. No, no tequila volleyball. Oh yeah, yeah, we know that happens. <laughs> hey, I didn't have a hangover. That's the best part. Drunk dialed on vacation. I love. You're that. welcome. <laughs> Man, this is delicious. I mean, did anybody try that yet? I have. Man, they're both good. Caram, I haven't they're tried just, the sixty-nine but they're yet. They're so I'm still different. In the That's what's crazy. It like compared to what it, we have access to at all today. That's Great. like new. Yep. Both totally different. Yeah, but so so so. But this in a good is, way. But so that's the thing, right? Like one of the problems that I have, and, and we could probably talk about it on a later episode is of, of of Festivus airing of the grievances. Is these bottles are probably six or eight year old bourbons, right? Oh, I, they could oh, even yeah. be older. They but could be. early times today is four or five years old. Like, that's that's what you get on the shelf, four or five years old. You know, bottled and bond, just a little older. But these are bottled and bond. They're probably five, six, seven, eight-year-old barbers. So, taste totally different. And when you tell people that, they're like, oh, you're full of shit. I'm like, no. I mean, just go back and look. I mean, because this stuff wasn't flying off the shelf in 1990. Just what? No, I think it's, it has to do with the, the, the wood that of the barrels, the quality of the water back then. The process, so there, there's that's a whole other episode in itself. But I love, I love Dusty's. Um, and speaking of the FOMO, secondary prices, uh, you can still pick some of these up at a decent price if you find find the right people. I think that early times is like 120 bucks or something from somebody. So there you go. I'd buy that all day long. Yep, the 69 or the, the 69. The 69. That's that's actually wow. really not bad at all. Yeah, I remember I traded a bottle of Blanton's and I want to say it was 40 bucks for my. Uh, 1977 old foe and for the 79 i think i gave slightly less like 30 bucks less or something but same value price range but i paid cash for it but crazy but i don't know but man this thing is so good so all right so so who else who else is going to argue on this man i mean somebody's got to argue with me well i i well i guess i'm not gonna argue i think it does have something to do with the consumer and it could be either lack of 
knowledge we kind of talked off uh, earlier is that the people say, Hey, I've seen the Blanton's for 150 bucks and you know, they've maybe not adventured out and tried it, but, um, we have kind of done it to ourselves to an extent. Of course, it's all supply and demand, but what's your perceived value? And, and I think it has something to do with the consumers with that FOMO. They see something like immediately, let me go grab this. The other thing that I want to say is that I think there has to be a consideration for the people that may have money, the high, the higher ups. We'll, we'll say the higher ups. The reason why I want to give that as examples, I'm not sure if you guys have seen the uh, episode on Netflix, the heist that talked about the Pappy gate. And with whenever the Pappy gate talked about was that these were all these, these judges, these attorneys, these higher end people, doctors, you know, that were, you know, that have the money flowing in and they were just giving the money away to say, Hey, you know, give me this Pappy. I'll pay you $500. Give me this Pappy. I'll pay you a thousand dollars. It's just things like that is that there are people that have the money that don't, especially, you know, I'll say even out of town during, I, I, you know, I, we have probably some mutual acquaintances that load up on a lot of allocated bottles right before Derby. And then whenever they, they put all their stuff out at a very marked up rate for the Derby and these people are coming from outside, they don't know what the MSRP is, but they're coming in and they're buying it for whatever is on right. the shelf. Just they've because they've never seen it. They've heard it. Yeah. yeah. And they've never seen it. Right. I mean, cause it. there, there are lots of States that you get out and like, it's desolate. I mean, it's desolate out West. I mean, like outside of California and maybe parts of like Nevada and Washington state, like if you went to Idaho, like, I mean, you'll find it, but it's going to be so sparsely throughout those areas. Like, well, they might only get 10 cases of Weller 12 for the whole state. Now, granted, there's only, you know, 900 people that live in Idaho. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The rest are potatoes. Yeah. But, but allocations are crazy in those states. So, you know, so you could probably blame some of it on that piece. But, but I, I think the consumer is really just driven the market, the price range. You know, like I said, I almost can't, ex- I can't, I can't fault the store owner for trying to make as much money. Cause I mean, that, that's what, that, that's the American way, right? I mean, we, we, we are, we are unfortunately probably the most selfish people on the entire planet. Not, not saying that in a bad way, but just driving, just look at driving. How many times are people like you're in a line, you're waiting your turn. And then some dude passes you on the left-hand side, drives up 14 cars in front of you and then cuts somebody off, almost causes a wreck, slows down because they don't want to wait in the the seven cars between you and him. Right. So I, I think is just a general rule. We're, we're kind of, <laughs> Jared said, Oh, that's me. Good job, Jared. Thanks. I, you're that, that asshole. Yes. You're, you're that one. <laughs> So let me throw this. Let me throw a different angle at it. Say, that, I want that. I want a different angle. <laughs> so you know, look at it this way: is that you know, it's. I, I think it. The store owners also play on people's ignorance. Oh, a hundred percent. And I, 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 you know, that's where I have to fault some of the owners, the store owners on, is because they're preying on that ignorance. That hey, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll. There's some unnamed liquor stores that are in Louisville that they have allocated bottles sitting on the shelf because, and they are like collecting dust because they are so far extreme in their Museum? price. Well, almost. <laughs> they pretty much might as well be. They're new dusties. We'll just call it the cartel. <laughs> but because they are like, you know, I will say almost what, 10 times to 15 times, mm-hmm. you know, the cost of MSRP, but there's going to be one random person and it, it just takes yep. one random person to come from out of town or out of state saying I re- that has a lot of money that I want this and or you're they're taking care of you know somebody who's local who might be just now getting into bourbon and they're like going, Oh, I really, really want this. 
I've and heard so much about Pappy 15, and they've got one, and it's $2,700, right? Exactly. Yeah. So question to you guys. If you go to a, uh, a liquor store, and they have those high-allocated hal- bottles for the you know, 10, 15 times MSRP, but they have some of their lower-level bottles that are a decent value, do you still frequent those locations? See, I find that most of them don't really, like... Even let's just go to one of my two of my favorite bottles, nineteen ten, nineteen twenty. They're everyday shelfers. I buy them regularly. I find that even those, like instead of being fifty nine ninety nine or fifty two ninety nine, you know, they're marked up. They're marked up slightly. Yeah. So therefore, I don't typically buy from them because they're even marking up stuff that I would consider. And and, and some of that's problematic too. Like in some cases, because I buy them so frequently, I will go to Kroger or I will go to you know, Cox's or someplace that I know that they're going to charge right at whatever MSRP. And sometimes the hell, if I see them at Sam's and they're on sale, I just buy them at Sam's and I'll buy multiples at that point. Right. Cause I mean, like if I'm saving three or $4, you know, and I know I'm going to buy seven bottles in a year. So it is what it is, but <laughs> I know there's, there's a couple and maybe a few and far between now with the cartel, uh, so to speak. But I personally, if you, if you, if you That's go, such a good name. I'm sorry. <laughs> so if you, uh, if you go and there's a couple of them, but I, I won't, I won't frequent those locations, even if they have something at a good price to maybe offset or ha- increase their sales to further their allocations. I still don't frequent those locations. Right. There's, there's one that I used to go to a decent amount, not all the time, because sometimes I'd be at Kroger or I'd be at Costco or something like that, and I'd see a bottle and be like, oh, I'll just get it here or whatnot. But I'd always try to, if I was going to go and I was in the area, I'd always go try and get a bottle there. And they got bought by the cartel. And now I'm kind of like, do I want to go there anymore? Do I want to buy anything? Do I even want to buy beer or wine from there? You know, yeah. you know, how far do yeah. I, how far do I go? How, how much, you know, do I just keep it to not buying any whiskey or and stuff like that? Or is, you know, that's where I've been in this. That's the catch 22, right? No, yeah. I get it. I get it. hundred percent. There was, you know, in the cartel areas of the more recently acquired ones, I still go there frequent them for some, some beer, some like very, mm-hmm. you know, seasonal, you yeah. know, Oktoberfest style beers, you know, I'll still go there because I mean, they're not really marking up the prices there. Mm-hmm. They're trying to capitalize in on the bourbon game, yeah. you know, the, the higher end bourbon game and try to really raise their prices there. Yeah. But you're not really seeing that price raise either on the wines or the beer. Yeah. The, the 69 AT, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> the, it, it, it's got some dusty funk on the nose, but man, I tell you, it's got all the, it hits all the sweet notes. The caramel, a little leather, some oaky, and it's good. It's pretty tasty too. Did you see how, did you see like the amount of like legs it had on it too? Yeah, that, I noticed that. And I think these are only like 90 proofers, aren't they? I know the first one was. Uh, this one's 80 proof. The first one was 80 proof. What's wow. the second one? What's the 90 proof one, Jared? Is it 80 proof too? If you can read the label. That's what I'm saying. If you can read the label. It's just falling apart. <laughs> the label's falling apart. It wasn't my fault. I found it like this. It wasn't me. All right, Shaggy. <laughs> it wasn't me. I think it's an 80 proofer. He can't read anyway. I shouldn't no, have asked I him. I don't see it. <laughs> here, here, I'll take and it from you. Am I stupid? Yes. Well, we're not going to answer <laughs> but that. The, yes, but the, that's Don't not, ask my wife. That's not why you're stupid. <laughs> hey, 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 don't be an A. I'm sorry. I can't help it. <laughs> Look, well, Nick, Nick can't read either now. I don't. You thank you. It. It's really thank not on you. there. Thank you. It probably is wore off. It probably that's the worst part. It probably wore off. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm having double checking because I mean it's like you'll see the picture when I drop the if episode. It's anything, it's super fine print. Yeah, and no. even the I think the fine print's not even. Barbara's not even using her glasses to read it. Anyways, it's delicious. I don't care what you say. It's delicious. <laughs> well, the glass is fake. Now one 
one thing you know we so can, go back and smell the first one just go back and smell the first one it's dude it's like it's more apple it it's, looks like yeah, a candy I mean, it's, it's oh, almost it like a candied apple like the wow yeah i mean it's like a caramel apple like the candied uh what those the, the like peach rings but the apple ones you ever, yeah. like the gummies like the oh, yeah, apple yeah, rings yeah. <laughs> they're not called apple rings I know, I'm just being an ass <laughs> but i don't know what they're called but they're candy rings they're like the little gummy bears that, that are not Thank gummy you, Barbara, bears they are called apple rings you know, Barbara doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get. I don't know if you're ever going to get the opportunity. This could be like a idea for another episode, but maybe trying to see an old, find an old distiller and see, you know, what were their processes back in the day. I don't know. Uh, you mentioned uh, that there was, you know, the quality of water. What type of water did you pull? Did you pull from a lake? Did you? Because I mean, right now, you know, we can all agree that today's water is all filtered. It's not coming off that limestone. It's not coming off, you know, directly off the limestone or anything like that. Correct. It's all being filtered in some form or fashion. Um, you know, wood. You you pretty much unless you have an in-house cooperage, you're using about three to four different major cooperage locations. So everybody's kind of standard in that that essence. Yeah. So yeah. you know what made the what created the funk on the funk right. on these bottles? Well, Every the funk is age, right? But yes. but what makes them unique and sweet and different, you know, savory notes and things like that that are different than today, I think is A, one age. And then B, I think, is the fact that you, I don't, I'm a firm believer in water's water. I mean, I just am. I know. And, and Josh, I think, has convinced me because he's done so much in in that in that realm from his job as as an engineer. But water's water, like they, it's even, not going to have any effect. Whether it's not going to have a ton of effect. Back in the I, 1920s now, don't get me wrong. I think well, so. So I, I would say yes, a little bit for early times, right? Like for earlier times, I'll say yes. Water did make a difference in some of these because of they they did have some like like Jack Daniels. They pull out of a cave, like it pulls out of a natural spring out of a cave, right? But now they're pulling out of that same cave, same area, natural spring, but they're they're filtering the hell out of it, right? They have to do reverse osmosis or whatever it is to make sure that they don't have any impurities because now water sources just aren't as pure as they used to be. You know, we, we've polluted our own world, right? I mean, that's why we have greenhouse effects and all the other things that we have going on. So, but that's I just I think the my wood has it. some something to do with Oh, the, wood I definitely mean, has a bunch. Because I think trees aren't as old. Well, that, exactly. So the, di- the, the density uh, or whatever you want. Whatever the wood grain, needs. say the wood so grain. The wood grain, yeah. So it's way different. I think that was where you get a lot of that uh, uniqueness. Because you could have like 30, 40, 50, up to 100-year-old trees back in this day yep. to where they're just like almost like just rinse, repeat these different trees over the course of like, you know, five, six years. All right, now we're pumping these trees out, planting new ones. Yeah, as soon as they get 36 inches, they're cutting them, or 24, whatever the number is. They're not waiting long. You know, back then, though, they were cutting monsters probably down you know to make bourbon mm-hmm. um but also I, I i will attribute some of it to climate change and the reason i say that is it, it and, and and somebody once told me this and i don't know how true it is but i they work in kind of that film field of field yeah i was i was, I was gonna say film. film yeah so they work in the field where they uh uh, work for the state parks and stuff like that. Well, evidently, one of the things that causes tighter rings on your trees are drought and cold weather. So whenever you have a super, super dry season or a super, super wet season is how big those rings are going to be in the tree as it grows per year. So actually, sometimes like if you go through a really, really nice dry spell, you're going to have a way tighter ring. So therefore, you're going to have a tighter seal in that wood. So older wood in some seasons, because we have more rain now because of global warming and all those type of things, I think that the wood back then, like what you're saying, Lee, 
had some some definite you know effects on it. But it, I think it's because of global warming more than anything else. I can see that. It's interesting to think about. Now I'm going to kind of bring things back to where our original FOMO question. No, is. let's keep going off track. It's more. No, fun. no, no, no. no. <laughs> I, 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 I I thought of it as as we were talking. It kind of hit home because of we talk about the wood and all that process. So let's talk about uh, Buffalo Trace's single oak project. Now, because of that, do you think that's marketing driven? Because, because I've seen everything from like newsletters come out about it. I've seen a lot of you know correspondences talking about the single oak project trying to really promote it which has you know because i you know scott you've been able to let us taste one you had just a little bit left of that one whenever you were uh doing an episode on it right and it was absolutely delicious right but who was driving that because it was really relatively unknown until really recently yeah so i for me, that that's just the nature of the beast, right? I mean, if you look at what the experimental series stuff, I mean, everybody's doing that. I, I don't care if it's Buffalo Trace, if it's you know Maker's Mark, if it's Wild Turkey, they're all doing some experimental type stuff. We got a motorcycle going. Room, room, I was wondering what that was. I was like, <laughs> um, but anyway, you, you, you've got those experimental things going on. So I, I don't think that that's as a, as much of a marketing ploy to sell more stuff. I think it's more of a hey, this is something neat that we did try it, tell us what you think, and then maybe that's something we can do later. Like, I really think that's what that was. So it's almost twofold. One, that's almost, it's almost the tip of the iceberg. Right. Because if you think Buffalo Trace, you think of Old Horsey Top. Right. Which is an extreme market-driven thing. Yep. And, you know, everybody loves it. A lot of us don't like it. Yep. From just the price point, from the juice that's inside, yada, yada, yada. But then you've also got the fact that they do all these kind of experimental things, which are great. They're interesting. But it's getting away from a core product when it's kind of causing chaos. You're losing, you're losing the all the other juice that you could do stuff with. Yeah, but it's such a limited run. I mean, like the, you're talking about it, like literally, literally, like the tip, the tip of the tip of the tip of the tip of iceberg. Whenever you're talking about how small those batch releases are, I mean, like some of them are less than fourteen hundred bottles. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. fourteen hundred bottles to bought Buffalo Trace is like nothing. It, it's like you find a penny in your couch. Like, oh, well, it's a penny in my couch, right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's that that's the that's the magnitude of fourteen hundred bottles for them. What I'm getting at is that to where, all right, marketing sends out this email correspondence, say, hey, go to this website, sign up here for your chance to be able to buy a single project. You know, something like that. Adds into that FOMO. Yes, it goes into the FOMO, and I'll even say go further that uh, you know our horsey top friends you know, drives that FOMO as well. Collectors, everybody wants to get every single one of those to spell out the word to, right. to get everything out. I'll even, I mean, you can say Blanton's. I mean, okay. we're, we're not, we're not, <laughs> I just like, I just like saying horsey top. It's but, more fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you have that, but then also you have um, blade and bow. If you didn't know, you can collect all the different keys. five different yeah. keys mm-hmm. that, right. that are different numbered and different style. Which you if know, you're doing that, shame on you. Cause that, that juice is awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's way worse than Blanton's. <laughs> hey, it came from the Stitzel Weller plant. You know. So yeah, if you get a, if you get a Blade and Bow twenty two, that's totally different than Blade and Bow regular. Like totally, those are that's like comparing an apple to a watermelon. Like there's no comparison. <laughs> Both delicious in their own right, I guess. Well, no. So yeah, it's not even like even comparing that because those are both delicious. Apples and watermelons are both delicious. It's like Blade comparing- and Bow regular is shit. It's like basil <laughs> Like we should, hey, we should do the five worst 80, bourbons, 80 bourbon. and then it would probably be on my five worst Ooh, bourbons. Oh, I got list. one for but, you. But, but but what I'm getting at is, yes, <laughs> it could be an absolute crap bourbon, and some of us, our opinions of blends is absolute crap. But people are also collecting it just to get 
the horse yes. tops to spell, spell out Blantons. Blantons. Yeah. Square six. Marketing behind it. It, it is a... It do you, is, you want to buy a bottle? No. Well, <laughs> let me rephrase you that. want to try some? I'll at pour one some point, on you. At one point in time, I thought, oh, that'd be interesting. I thought about it. It kind of expensive. No, it was actually really... It, yeah, it was like 90 bucks. Yeah, it's, it's I was going to say, never mind, it was. Yeah, it, it was, was pricey. pricey. But then I would did the educated thing, which is to go and listen to some reviews and see what other people thought about it. And I discovered that apparently it's not very fucking good at all. <laughs> and so I went, never mind, I'm not going to buy it. I'll wait and <laughs> see if somebody come across some random person that, some random sucker that bought it. And I have a sample of it, but. Nick again. Go ahead, Nick. Uh, I will actually <laughs> blame this one more on Barbara because she convinced me to get it because she liked it during the taste test. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> the square six. What would you have? Before? Square, how how yeah. many drinks did you have before that? Uh, maybe Obviously, way three. too many. <laughs> not, yeah, not I was going to say. I think that was our first stop was the Evan Williams experience. Oh, so goodness. that day. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, so, all right. Let, 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 let's pick a winner here. We got early times 1990, early times 1969. <laughs> I mean, damn. I mean, don't you just pick 69? It's the funnest number out of those two. Um, Shut up, Scott. That's what I was going to do. And you can do that. But honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I think, even though the, that, that candied apple that comes through on that 69, I really like, there's something about the, the, the caramel that comes out of that 90. That 90's pretty damn solid. I'm not sure that I don't like the 90 better. Yeah, that's the ninety. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm split. I'm I'm nose the ninety all day long. Yeah, I love that nose, that candied apple, but the actual taste and flavor. Yeah, goes for that the older one. Yeah, and the sixty nine, it's like it's really close. Honestly, I mean they're they're both delicious. Jared, what do you got? I go not because of the number, but I go the sixty nine. Gotcha. I like the nose on the ninety. It's great. The sixty nine so balanced though, so I'm, gonna, I'm I'm gonna pick the sixty nine. All right, good deal. All right, so you guys you guys outnumber me on that one, I, I think. <laughs> and and I'll take it. I'll take it. I, I might have to go back and revisit them. Maybe maybe I'll change my mind. It's, it's, it's been, it's been <laughs> I've already I've already talked about a lot of stuff since then. We we went way over time on this episode. So, <laughs> all right. If you want to find Bourbon Real Talk, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, the old Facebook. Um, you can email us at bourbonbarreltalk at gmail This is Scott, Nick, Jared, and Lee signing off. Peace out. Peace.